Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. September 1 is where we're at in the calendar. College football season beginning officially this weekend with week one in Indiana, Illinois on Friday night. Glad to have you with us for this Thursday program. We do this show each weekday at 11 a.m. on the Big X and you can always catch the podcast if you miss the live show. Glad to have you with us. Uh, We've got college football tonight. We'll take a look at the slate of games coming up here in just a bit, but Purdue and Penn State from the Big Ten perspective, we'll really kick things off in this week one of college football tonight. And I'm excited to see that game. Uh, Purdue has gotten some love here in the preseason, maybe more than what I expected Jeff Brom's team to get based on uh, who they've got back from last year and what they did a season ago. Uh, so tonight I think will be a test to find out if Indiana's in-state rival uh, is for real. And, of course, Indiana and Purdue way late in the season, the old Oaken Bucket game, and uh, we'll get an early look at Purdue tonight. But that's going to be fun, uh, and that signals to me that it is officially football season. We are headed to week three of high school football. This is week one of college football. We're going to be surrounded by the pigskin between now and really the start of the college basketball season. And to me, there's nothing better than that overlap of college hoops and college football playoffs and bowl games uh, around and near and after the holidays. So just a really good time ahead uh, for sports and college sports specifically. We're not terribly far off from high school basketball. I know a lot of the teams begin their individual workouts and their fall preseason two-day-a-week practices very soon uh, for basketball. So just, just a good time here in our area. And uh, let's see what local football looks like. I think uh, Indiana has a lot to prove. They'll have a big opportunity to start that uh, on Friday against Illinois. And, you know, getting away from the Big Ten and talking about the other local teams, Louisville, there are some folks that think the Cardinals are going to be much improved this season under Scott Satterfield. Some still have some doubts. And Kentucky, I think, is supposed to be the surefire real deal. And uh, definitely the best team here in the area heading into the season. So we'll see if Mark Stoops and the Wildcats can prove that Kentucky truly is a football school. You know, a little banner a couple weeks ago between Stoops and Cal over that. But uh, it's here and going to be fun to to tune in to a lot of college football this weekend starting tonight with Purdue-Penn State and, of course, Indiana-Illinois on Friday and some big games Saturday as well. Ohio State-Notre Dame, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And uh, as uh, we watch that on Saturday, 
I don't know about you, but in the back of my mind, I'll be wondering in a couple years from now if Ohio State-Notre Dame won't be a primetime Big Ten conference game on Fox or CBS or NBC uh, instead of a a non-conference game for the Buckeyes. But uh, with all the conference movement, I think at some point we're going to see Notre Dame get involved, but uh, we'll see. So uh, welcome into this Thursday show. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany, segment one. Here in just a moment, we have our headlines for the day. A lot of news to get to. Tom Allen uh, had the IU football coaches show last night, uh, had some interesting things to say about the team, even going back to uh, the loss to Purdue last season. If you remember after that loss, there was a player-led meeting uh, right after the season came to a close. And so he mentioned that last night and I thought had some other interesting things to say about his football team. So we'll cover those. Also, a little recruiting news from IU basketball. Open gyms and fall workouts at the high schools are beginning. College coaches will be able to get on the road and watch some of those workouts coming up here in future weeks. So we'll discuss that as well. Also, uh, Arrington Page, any news on him? He's a hot name right now in the recruiting circle for IU. We'll discuss that. Uh, and a few other things coming up here. Some uh, important news from the NCAA that kind of uh, reverses course from what I thought was going to happen with transfers and immediate eligibility, uh, multiple transfers and immediate eligibility. So we'll talk about that here in the first segment as well. Later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join the program. Uh, with Alex, we'll dig into a lot of different basketball topics in the, uh, the upcoming season, so stay with us for that. And then in the final segment of the show, we'll get you all set for Indiana and Illinois on Friday, and we'll take a look at the uh, television schedule for tonight, uh, really this opening night of week one of college football. So stay with us for all that today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And uh, so make sure you check them out. Great place for all your uh, football party uh, food and uh, servings. Check out Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. As we get into the football season, I really want to get more interaction with you guys. Your thoughts on IU football in this week one game. Uh, talk about uh, upcoming th things with the team, upcoming games. Uh, want to get your input. That number, so plug it in your phone, is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's what we call the Thornton's text line here on the Big X. And you can send in questions and comments and your opinions. And it doesn't just have to be IU football. It can be basketball. It can be local sports. It can be almost anything you want to talk about. I don't take phone calls during the show. I never have and probably never will outside of the guests that we invite to join us on the program. But the text line is a great way for you to be heard on the show and for you to kind of help direct some of the direction of the show uh, with topics that you want to talk about and questions that you have. So text them to me for our guest today, Alex Bozich. And it doesn't even have to be for a guest. It just can be something you want to uh, have said on the air. As long as it's not silly, I'll uh, likely put it on the program. 502-414-1450. And it's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2020 
2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash, not a Refreshing Rewards member. That is no problem. You can text the word REWARDS to 80313 today. That's rewards to 80313 today. All right, IU Illinois coming up on Friday night, 8 p.m. the kickoff, and it is on Fox Sports 1. So it's on FS1. And Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman will have the commentary. Yes, we will have the IU football game on Friday here on the Big X. The legendary voice of the Hoosiers, uh, Don Fisher, will have the call of that game. And Rhett Lewis uh, will make his debut as the analyst for IU football uh, games on the radio. So make sure you tune in for the Fish broadcast here on Friday night. Um, A couple notes from yesterday. Uh, listening to, to Tom Allen uh, and just some general things on IU football. Uh, obviously, the quarterback race, uh, who's going to start? The team knows. The coaches know. We do not know. There have been no um, leaks. There have been no uh, anything put out of any substance on who that starting quarterback will be. Uh, we probably at this point will not know until the 7 o'clock hour on uh, Friday when the warm-ups are starting and you have a chance to track on the field who's working with what and who's getting the reps. And so I think that's when we'll know who the starting quarterback for Indiana will be. It's a three-horse race, but we believe it's either going to be Connor Bazelak or uh, Jack Tuttle. Uh, Bazelak, a transfer in this season out of the portal from Missouri, and Tuttle, a redshirt senior for the Hoosiers. Dexter, Dexter Williams, Uh, Could also be the quarterback of the future for this team. He's a redshirt sophomore, and uh, he's been in the race. So uh, we'll see how that plays out on Friday. Also, Indiana didn't really release a depth chart or any kind of injury report leading up to Friday's game. Normally, you get the depth chart. Uh, It's kind of consistent with what they send out each week. But keeping with the recent secrecy around IU football this offseason with practices closed and no spring games and everything being kind of tight-lipped, no injury report. So uh, we believe that most IU players are fairly healthy. Uh, from what we know heading into the season as well. Uh, A couple other things to mention. Uh, This is from Tom Allen's radio show last night. You know, he talked about Illinois. He said the the, uh, coaching staff watched the game live and then went back later uh, on Saturday and broke the film down of the game in detail. But, you know, he mentioned that they they beat uh, Wyoming uh, uh, on – they dominated Wyoming on Saturday. And it noted that – and I did not realize this – Wyoming went to a bowl game last season. Uh, So, obviously, you know, things have changed from their team a year ago. But Illinois starts the season with a somewhat solid way – most impressively, they did it uh, in a very uh, distinct fashion. They rolled past Wyoming on Saturday. He talked about, we know their quarterback is a transfer in from Syracuse, Tommy DeVito, but he also talked also talked about Chase Brown, who he called one of the best running backs uh, in the Big Ten Conference. So he will be another name to watch for Indiana, or for Illinois, I should say, in that Friday game against Indiana. Don Fisher said this yesterday as well. I didn't ever remember this or didn't count it up, but he noted that Indiana has 35 newcomers on the roster this fall. 
And uh, Coach Allen followed that up and said he didn't know if he'd ever been part of a team that had this many new faces from one season uh, to the next. But Allen did say last night that a lot of the newcomers were able to get on campus in the spring and be with the team during spring practice and the full summer cycle as well, in addition to fall camp. So obviously with so many new faces, that's why there's so much unknown uh, about this team for the upcoming season. But interesting stuff last night uh, from Coach Allen. And he even went back to the end of the season a year ago when things did not go well uh, for IU, especially uh, not only all season long, but especially in that game uh, against Purdue last season to close things out. And he talked about kind of what happened after the season came to an end, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he said there was a player-led meeting the morning after Indiana's loss to Purdue, so pretty immediate action taken by the players. And that a lot of what was said in that meeting was what set the tone for the off-season workouts and for this team uh, this season. And uh, he mentioned that some guys returned to the team that maybe could have explored other options or professional options but did not want to see their Indiana football careers end uh, after how dismal last season was and how good the 2020 year was uh, just in front of that. So interesting stuff from him heading into the game on Friday, probably as open as he's been this offseason uh, about things. And uh, to go back through some of the, the happenings at the conclusion of the 2021 one season pretty interesting uh, and so we'll see how things play out on Friday but excited for uh, Indiana and Illinois it should be everything I see out there all the projections uh, the, the betting odds the stats that are available the computer ratings that are out there everything has the game being a nip and tuck contest and the line open with Indiana the home team being a three and a half point favorite that line is now down to two and a half so uh, and again, yesterday, some of the computer stuff out there, a statistical uh, dead heat between these two teams. In fact, one of the computers predicted a score of 23-23, so you can't get any closer than that. But Indiana and uh, Illinois in football to open the season on Friday night, I think it's going to be a good game. I think if Indiana wins it, it sends them to week two, uh, these first three weeks of the season with a lot of momentum that they can start the season 3-0, and which they really have to do if there are any hope to uh, become bowl eligible this season also uh, a couple basketball things September is here so a lot of teams will begin their two week or two day a week practices uh, boys and girls basketball teams it's fairly new in Indiana uh, instead of just having open gyms and and that sort of loosely organized stuff you could actually have practice twice a week with your team uh, for two two-hour periods some teams will still play open gym and things of that nature but that stuff underway in fact I saw a note yesterday at Fishers High School uh, that Jalen Harrelson was in action. Of course, no college coaches can be out yet. I don't think college coaches, uh, maybe two weeks or so from now, they'll be able to hit the road and start hitting some of these preseason practices and open gyms across the state. But Harrelson uh, playing for uh, Fishers, and I uh, saw a stat line from Jeff Rabjohns. He was dominant, as you would expect, playing against some of his classmates there at Fishers High School. But that's kind of where recruiting is headed. There will be some visits for the football games coming up. Uh, the IU coaches will be out, and I would guess spend a lot of time in state this fall 
looking at some key players in 24 and specifically 2025 with Harrelson at Fishers and Sicily at Heritage Hills and perhaps even some younger players as well, current freshmen, just to get an early gauge on them. But that's kind of where recruiting is at. And then, of course, once the high school season gets here, occasionally when it works out, with the team's travel and, and game schedule, you'll see the coaches hit some high school uh, games this winter as well. But recruiting really slows down as far as the coaches having opportunities to get out uh, and see players uh, on a regular basis uh, as the high school basketball and college basketball seasons get underway. Uh, also, Arrington Page, I've had a number of people say, hey, is there any news on him? He recently was at Miami. I know that uh, the real fear I think Indiana fans have with Page and Miami is that they have produced some big-time NIL deals for some of their players. And uh, even though Miami isn't a school you think of as a dominant basketball program, uh, obviously Miami in that area has to be attractive to a young person. There's no question about that. But the NIL opportunities and the big companies that uh, have struck deals with players. We're talking major deals. If you think of Nigel Pack, an Indianapolis native who went to Kansas State and then transferred to Miami, he got a huge NIL deal uh, shortly after his commitment there. So that is probably the fear I think that most have with Miami. But there really has been no news. Uh, talking to some people that uh, follow his recruitment pretty closely, uh, not a lot has been said since his time on the Miami campus. It is thought that that was going to be his last visit and so that would lead you to believe that a decision could be coming up here in the near future but as it stands no real news to pass along on Arrington Page who is really Indiana's last uh, big prospect that we know of in the 2023 class of guys that are going to be seniors uh, when high school basketball gets here this season. A couple other basketball notes and then an NCAA note as well. I saw a list of uh, some of the top non-conference games pre-Christmas and Indiana on that list twice the number two uh, and I'm going on the CBS sports rank rankings here they've got number two North Carolina at number 17 Indiana on November 30th is one of their top preseason or I should say early season games before Christmas and then the uh, number 17 Indiana at number eight Kansas game on December 17th is also listed as one of their top, I think, top 10 games before uh, both of those games are before Christmas. So Indiana has some major non-conference games coming up, and that doesn't include the Indiana-Arizona game that's going to be a lot of fun out in Las Vegas as well. So some big opportunities for Indiana uh, with the college basketball world definitely watching uh, their non-conference schedule this year opposed to recent years as well. One other note, uh, the NCAA Division I Council uh, adopted some rules, uh, transfer rules and changes to the transfer portal yesterday. There's a lot to go through, but the major thing you should know really is two things. They've created windows uh, for players that they must transfer within certain windows. For basketball, the transfer time frame it looks like is generally going to be from mid-March to mid-May and for football uh, the time frame to enter the portal uh, early December through mid-January with another window in uh, early May to mid-May following spring practice so that's one thing transfer portal windows which we thought uh, was going to pass the other thing that had been mentioned was a an option to allow unlimited 
transfers. So a player could possibly, I guess, play at five different schools, four as undergraduate, uh, as an undergraduate student, one as a graduate student, and be immediately eligible at each of those stops and not have to sit out at all. Right now, the rule stands you can transfer one time as an undergraduate and be immediately eligible. But that rule was struck down in the final vote yesterday. So things are going to remain uh, as they are uh, as far as once you get that one transfer out of the way. If you do transfer a second time, you have to sit out a season before you can jump in and be eligible. I think probably a lot of people, uh, especially college coaches, breathing a sigh of relief uh, that that uh, unlimited transfer with immediate eligibility is not going to happen. Is uh, the transfer portal has already changed so much in college basketball? I can't imagine if a player could just be unhappy and transfer and then transfer again and, and do that each year of their college career. That would create even more madness uh, as far as roster management goes in the transfer portal. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is our guest. Alex is going to join us to talk about IU basketball, all facets of IU basketball here in the offseason as we start to turn toward the preseason and uh, inch closer to the start of college basketball. Alex Bozich is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And just a note here before we get to Alex Bozich, I just saw that uh, Blue Ribbon College Basketball Yearbook, Chris Dorch is the publisher of that, a very respected preseason. I call it the Bible of college basketball in the preseason. They've released their top 25, and again, more of the same. Indiana ranked, and Indiana's number 12 uh, in the country in this Blue Ribbon preseason poll. So again, I think you're going to see Indiana uh, be in that 12 to 15 range a lot uh, in college basketball way early rankings, and of course, right there at the top of the Big Ten Conference as well. Alex Bozich is my guest. Alex, this weekend is all about week one of college football and the opening game for the Hoosiers on Friday night. But for a lot of people, including you and I, uh, the college football season and the start of high school football, to me, means we're inching closer and closer to the start of basketball and the winter and a great time to be a resident of Indiana. Pat, 36 days until Hoosier hysteria, 67 days until the first game against uh, Moorhead State. Not that I'm counting either one of those down, but, yeah, you make a great point. Where, uh, to me, uh, you know, we talk a lot of basketball on the show. To me, the start of football season just means one thing. We're getting closer uh, to the start of hoops. So looking forward, obviously, to to watching some football, but ultimately can't uh, can't wait for, for the basketball season to get here. 
Now, I've got to ask, Alex, uh, we watched a lot of basketball together in our younger days as students at New Albany High School, but do you uh, do you watch college football? Will you watch Thursday night games and a lot of Big Ten action over the weekend, or do you primarily focus on basketball? Um, I'll watch occasionally, uh, more so now that my, my son, who's 11, uh, likes to watch college football. He was just talking to me last night about how he can't wait for football to start. So I will, uh, I'll watch because he likes, likes it. But if it were up to me, uh, honestly don't watch, uh, too much. Never been a huge football fan growing up. Maybe it's just where we grew up, Matt, in Southern Indiana and, you know, I grew up reading the newspaper every morning and the sporting news, Mike DeCourcy. It was always about college basketball. Uh, and I can remember reading Hoosier Basketball Magazine growing up, uh, getting that. It was always hoops for me. So nothing against football. I know it's, you know, the, the sport that a lot of people love. And really in this in this country, the NFL really is the most uh, popular sport. But for me, it's always been basketball. And, and Matt, knowing you as, as long and as well as I, I uh, have, uh, and based on what kind of what you, how you broke into this business, uh, you kind of shared the same feeling uh, about basketball. Yeah, for sure. Love football. Enjoy uh, Big Ten football, that brand, obviously, but uh, basketball for me is where it's at. Hence, uh, basketball talk on this show 365 days a year. Every day we're on, uh, there's going to be a lot of basketball involved. Alex, let's jump into uh, IU Hoops for the upcoming season. You had a piece that just came out this morning. In fact, I was in the middle of reading it when it was time to do the show today, titled One Key Question About Each of Indiana's 13 Scholarship Players Entering the 22-23 Season. And we won't cover all 13 players and what the key p- question is in your story, but a really interesting piece that makes you think about each player, what their role could be and uh, what they need to bring or do different this season or how, if they're a newcomer, they they could fit in. Yeah, Matt, I probably could have done four or five questions on several of these guys, but I tried to narrow it down to, to one key question. And really it was uh, more of an exercise for me as we get to get ready like later this month we'll be starting to do a bunch of our preseason content going into october november i was really just trying to start thinking about this season and each of the players on indiana's roster and kind of some of the things that stood out to me when i thought about this team and what it can be and uh, i just tried to go through player by player and come up with one question that i had uh about each guy and there's there's definitely some some interesting ones in there i mean top top off the top of my head I uh, don't have the piece in front of me here, but uh, one of the ones that was really kind of interesting to me is Tamar Bates because a lot of people are talking to him about about him as a potential uh, breakout guy this season. And I looked at his offensive efficiency numbers from last season. He was third worst on the team. Uh, only Rob Fennessey and Christian Lander, who are both gone, were worse than him. So I, I really think uh, as we as – we, talk about Tamar Bates going into the season and maybe what he can be. We have to really focus on it starts with him just becoming a more efficient player. It wasn't that he wasn't talented enough. It wasn't that he uh, kind of lacked the confidence or the ability to go find a shot. It was just, he simply didn't make enough shots. And, uh, I think that's going to be a big thing for him entering the season confidence. Obviously I heard about trace and <laughs> excuse me, Matt, um, his three point shot and whether that's going to become a staple of his game, race Thompson becoming more uh, consistent from the three-point line. There's a lot of interesting things to think about 
uh, when it comes to this Indiana team. Uh, it's ultimately going to, I heard you mention at the top of the, sh- uh, the segment, Matt, Indiana being ranked 12th in the preseason by Blue Ribbon. If they're going to hit that uh, mark, which is, to me, uh, pretty ambitious uh, based on where Indiana finished last season, a lot of these questions uh, are going to have to be answered, and these guys are going to have to really, I, I think, you know, it, there's not a question to me that Indiana has enough talent at the top. But maybe, you know, guys four through nine on the roster are going to have to be a lot better than they were in previous seasons. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, I didn't have to scroll far down the story to see Trace Jackson Davis and what your key question about him is. Will he expand his offensive game beyond the paint? That's a question really that we've had now for two seasons because when Mike Woodson arrived, that was one of the things he talked to Trace about and was open with the media about, that for him to become a legitimate NBA prospect, he needed to add a little range to his game. We maybe Mm -hmm. saw a couple flashes of that last year, but not much. Trace was so good, but he was so good doing the things that he's really always done for this Indiana team. Do you think we really will see an emphasis from the coaching staff and from Chase, from Trace to uh, to expand his offensive game a little bit this year? I don't know, Matt. I mean, he's played three years, and he's taken three, three three-pointers total. I mean, he didn't take any under Archie. He took three last season, so it's not like he was even willing to do it at all last season. Um, I guess I kind of come at this from a different angle. I mean, this is something that people have talked about and a lot. Uh, I wonder more, does he really need to do it for Indiana to reach potential as a team? Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting question from an NBA perspective because I think NBA teams want to know if he can do it, and his stock at the next level is somewhat dictated uh, by his ability to shoot, but – I don't know that he really needs to do it for Indiana's sake as a team. I think it, it's more uh, the guys around him being able to do it, Race Thompson, Miller, Miller Cop, Tamar Bates, because Trace is going to do what Trace does, which is get you 18 to 20 points a game, uh, shooting a high percentage in the paint. I, I don't know that you want to go away from that too much. Uh, w- would it be nice if he could space the floor occasionally? Sure, but uh, I think it, it's more uh, – the other guys around him, whether or not he needs to, I think it's more of an NBA question uh, for him. You know, if he can do it, it definitely helps the stock. But in terms of Indiana's success as a team and how many games they win, I think Trace just becoming a better version of what we saw the last couple of seasons uh, is really what Indiana needs uh, to be successful as a team this season. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall, my guest. If you want to see or read the article we're talking about, uh, InsideTheHall.com, it's the very first story up from Alex today. One of the other questions you wrote about that I wanted to bring up with you here on the program is Jordan Geronimo. And your key question about him for the upcoming season is a pretty basic one. What position uh, will he mostly play this season? There was a lot of talk about him coming out on the floor, the wing, uh, even more so as a guard with the ball. Do you think we see Jordan Geronimo in some different setups this year for IU? Comes down to me uh, whether or not he can pass the ball well enough from that position. Uh, if you're going to be a wing, a three, you got to be able to move the ball around and help create for others. And also, can he dribble the ball well enough? And I, so far, we've seen uh, neither of those out of his game. So that, that ultimately, uh, I, I don't have any question that he can defend uh, those that position. He's a pretty good athlete, and uh, he can make the occasional three-pointer. Um, 
I just worry about his ball skills. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about a wing in college basketball, you've got to be able uh, to create for yourself, uh, create for, you know, you'd like to have a guy that can create a little bit for others and also a guy that can handle the ball and make good decisions. Um, I, I think there's a long way to go for Jordan Geronimo in that regard. Not saying that he can't be a much better player and an effective player, but from what I've seen so far, he profiles to me as a, as a four in college basketball. So uh, I, if I'm Indiana, I definitely wouldn't try to force him into that spot unless he's developed <laughs> excuse me, those skills that I've just mentioned uh, to a point where uh, he's going to be able to contribute in a positive way uh, in, those, in those aspects of the game. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Uh, Alex, you know, I, I mentioned earlier in the show today that the North Carolina at Indiana game and also the Indiana at Kansas game uh, were listed as some of the top 10 pre-Christmas college basketball games. And if you look at these preseason rankings like we referenced from Blue, Co- uh, Blue Ribbon uh, Yearbook and uh, obviously Indiana's being projected to win the Big Ten by a number of people uh, that have released those things so far and then just the non-conference schedule overall and, and how many big games Indiana has, the three big ones, the North Carolina, Kansas, and Arizona stand out. This season going into it just has a much different feel uh, than what it did a year ago and a much different feel than really what it has in some time. You know, it's amazing to me you go from a very boring, uh, non-sexy, non-conference schedule a year ago to all of a sudden three big-time games and a much different non-conference layout. Just crazy how things can change and improve and come together in the course of just a season or so. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's great um, for fans of the program because as much as Indiana kind of needed that schedule last season to get them acclimated to a new system, now that they've got some expectations as a team, uh, you, you fans want to see Kansas and Indiana. They want to see Arizona. They want to see Xavier. They want to see North Carolina. Uh, will they tolerate some of these other games? Absolutely. That's kind of how it works in college basketball, but. To have you know ten or eleven of those guarantee games on a schedule uh, is not something anybody wants to see. So I like that they've beefed it up. Uh, we'll see if it ultimately uh, how it pans out. I think it's going to be tough for them to do better than two and two in those four games. But uh, bring it on, I say. And I think it's great for college basketball when any major conference teams play uh, each other early in the season. Obviously. Uh, there's a lot of people who kind of drop in on the sport later in the season and kind of just catch up uh, late in conference tournament play in March Madness. But I think anything you can do for the game of co- sport of college basketball to get people interested early in the year is great. Uh, also, uh, Alex, I wanted to bring up with you the NCAA yesterday uh, approving some new rules around transfers. Uh, one of them is uh, the structure of transfer windows for uh, specifically basketball and football, which I think makes sense. And then one thing that was not approved that was on the docket was uh, immediate eligibility 
and unlimited transfers. I mean, I think it would be madness to see a player transfer, and it would happen uh, every year of his college basketball career to be be immediately eligible uh, each time to do so. Your thoughts on that not passing? Because I feel like earlier in the summer when we talked about this, we thought the sentiment was there that that's just how the world was changing and how college sports was changing. And I, I really assumed, not knowing, I, I assumed it would pass. It was discussed and and uh, deliberated, but it's it's not going to be in this rule as things go forward. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Matt. I, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that it was going to happen, but I don't necessarily have a strong opinion one way or the other. Um, I don't, uh, you know, it's, I think in some ways, um, I think about it, I'm for the players being able to <clears throat> to move around as, as much as they want. But I think having a one time also kind of makes sense um, as it is um, because you don't want to get to the situation where you have complete chaos. Although, I did, you know, when we talked about this last time, Matt, I mentioned ultimately how many guys are just going to change teams every year. That's just, if you're a really impactful, great player, you're probably not going to do that because you're having success at the school you're at. You're probably going to want to continue there or, you know, maybe you move up a level, but I don't see guys necessarily wanting to move around three or four times in college. So ultimately, I don't know that it's really that big of a deal uh, when it comes down to it. So I'm not surprised that they uh, pushed back a little bit. and I didn't want the rule to, to kind of transpire that way. So uh, we'll see how it all, all shakes out. Um, I, I just think in, in general there's just so many open-ended questions right now in college sports in, in terms of how things are going to be sorted out and with NIL and transfer portal. It's definitely a time of change um, in college athletics in general, and I think we're just going to have to roll with the punches, and uh, it's probably not going to be uh, the last time that, that a major rule change is proposed and shot down, and I'm sure we'll have other things that uh, end up coming to, to, into fruition uh, in the years ahead because uh, there's so much money at stake now and, and players have kind of trying to get their piece of the pie and, and wanting to be kind of have a seat at the table. And uh, it, it's definitely going to be a, you know, uh, an interesting thing here as, as the years move forward. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, you mentioned this changing time in college sports. So uh, I want to bring up this uh, NIL. Do you, do you think that we will see, don't we have to see some sort of governance on NIL because we see crazy uh, amounts of money and some crazy deals happening, uh, coming uh, surrounding, not coming from schools, but surrounding certain schools in certain college basketball and football programs. Do you think we see something that gets NIL more in line, and does that come from the NCAA? Uh, it's a tough question. Um, I... I honestly don't know what the next steps are. I saw there was a letter yesterday, I guess it was released from uh, the college commissioners trying to ask for the government to get involved. Uh, I, I don't know if that's something that uh, the road that, that ultimately everybody wants this to go down, but um, you know, it, it's a, these are complex issues and, and they're uh, like I said, anytime there's this much money at stake, um, Everyone's going to try to do their best to get as much money as possible. Um, I agree with the general premise uh, that uh, that was kind of laid out and part of the letter in terms of NIL not being a vehicle for boosters, just giving money uh, <coughs> to kids. But 
how do you really regulate that, Matt? Because let's say that you and I have a uh, a business of some sort, um, and we want to give an NIL deal to a kid. Who sets the market for that? Uh, who, you know, it's it's very open ended how you want to interpret these deals and how they're working because uh, we could. Say we have a business that we want to, you know, get a deal uh, to a player with, um, but say we want to give them two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Are we really going to get an ROI on that? Um, so unless you're going to start kind of judging these deals by what um, some some governing body thinks the player should be getting, which I don't think we want to get into that space. There's going to be these NIL deals that pop up where guys are getting a ton of money from a, a booster who maybe has a business and wants to promote that business, but they're not, you know, they're not going to get their money's worth out of the deal. But part of the reason that they're doing it is because they want that player to, to play at their university or come to their university. And I, I just don't know how you stop that at, at any large scale. And I think the, the more people you get involved trying to, trying to have a, a say in how this works, I think the more uh, confusing and the more, uh, difficult it's going to be to try to get any consensus on it so i, I kind of I, I i just don't have a huge problem i guess right now with the way things are going uh maybe some people do but i think sometimes when you try to bring more rules into a situation you ultimately make things worse talking with alex bozich inside the hall here on this thursday edition of the program not a lot of re- recruiting news to bring up today mm-hmm. uh, don't think any real changes but uh the month of september is here which means that high school teams at least in indiana can do some on the court activities and have some practices two days a week and here in a few weeks college coaches including indiana's coaches i'm sure will hit the road and get out and see some of these workouts open gyms practices however schools have them structured i really expect here alex that later this month we see Mike Woodson and his staff spend a lot of time in the state of Indiana watching young prospects specifically like Jalen Harrelson at Fishers and Trent Sicily at Heritage Hills. For sure. Um, those that we talked about this I think a couple weeks ago, Matt, those are the guys that are easiest to get to. Those are the guys that are easiest to kind of get back on your campus. So good idea to kind of canvas the state see as many kids as possible, uh, try to set up these fall visits, whether that be to a football game, Hoosier hysteria, um, you know, the North Carolina game, I would expect is going to be a a busy time for getting in-state kids on campus. So I think it's um, a valuable tool tool also to just have another evaluation point. Uh, You you know, you saw these kids in in July, How, how much progress have they made from July till now? What kind of relationship can you uh, continue to build with them so it's all it's all part of the game of recruiting and I think the the coaches that ultimately get out and see as many kids as possible and build those relationships are ultimately going to be rewarded uh, in the end when when it comes down for uh, these kids making decisions and I think with Sisley and Harrelson Indiana has done a really good job early but they got to continue to keep uh, their foot on the gas if they ultimately want to get both of those guys. Absolutely. Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com, at InsideTheHall. He's a great follow on Twitter. Alex, as always, thanks for the chat. Uh, As we let you go, do you have a a prediction? Is Indiana football going to open the season with a win on Friday, Alex? Uh, I think they would win. I think they got a good chance to win Friday. Not sure how bullish I feel about the rest of the season, but uh, I think it'll be – 
a good chance for them to uh, to get a win uh, this Friday uh, over, I think, I guess Illinois comes to Bloomington, so that should be interesting. Brett Bielema, who used to love running it up on Indiana when he was the coach at, at Wisconsin, uh, we'll see if that's the story still uh, when he comes in with uh, maybe a it, it's a more of a fair fight uh, with an Illinois team that, that's also kind of in the same spot Indiana trying to make their way back up the Big Ten standings. Absolutely. Good stuff. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays. Thank you, Alex. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right, that wraps up this segment. We'll head to a commercial break, come back and close out our Thursday program. More on Indiana-Illinois football and also what's the college football schedule tonight. There's no question that Purdue and Penn State is the big one. But there's other games as well to kick off the season. We'll tell you more about that next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Quick segment as we wrap up the show. Don't forget, coming up on Friday night, we've got IU football here with uh, Illinois and the Hoosiers in the opening game uh, for IU here in week one. College football tonight on television. I mentioned Penn State, Purdue a couple times. I'm looking forward to watching that game tonight. It's 8 p.m. on Fox. Definitely one of the best college football games on TV tonight here to start the weekend on Thursday. Another good one, 7 o'clock on ESPN, West Virginia at number 17 ranked Pitt. So uh, two pretty good games today. I don't know, maybe there's 20 games total, I would say, uh, give or take a few tonight in college football. Tennessee uh, actually hosts Ball State tonight at 7 o'clock on the SEC network. So there's a, a game with the Hoosier State connection, but definitely West Virginia at Pitt. Uh, but specifically, I would think for IU and Big Ten fans, always uh, good to get a look at the rival Purdue and especially a team like Penn State coming to West Lafayette tonight. So that's the, the schedule for me as far as college football goes excuse me, here on this Thursday evening. A couple other notes. Uh, I mentioned Tom Allen's show, Coach's Show, last night, which uh, always airs on the Big X. Uh, a fan at the end of the show, when he takes some questions, asked why Indiana is, why are they playing uh, Idaho? And uh, I'd wondered the same thing when I saw the IU football schedule released months ago. What's the connection to Idaho? But it's, you know, it gets it's not like basketball where the schedules in some cases are worked out ahead of time, but college football games are made legitimately seven, eight, nine, even 10 years in advance at some time. And um, coach Allen reminded the fan of that. He said, I had nothing to do with that. The schedule was made about 10 years, years ago. That's usually far enough in advance uh, that how far in advance they are made. Uh, he said he had no idea of the rationale behind the decision at the time when, uh, IU and Illinois was scheduled. Idaho was a member of the Sunbelt conference, but has since moved to the FCS level. 
of college football. So I was curious as well why Indiana and Idaho are playing, what the connection was there for a non-conference game. And I'm not sure we're going to know because that uh, that game was contracted uh, about 10 years ago. So that's just how scheduling works in college football. A reminder, if you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. Uh, we're available on Apple Podcasts. And really, anywhere you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And you'll find us there. Our show is uploaded uh, each day at the conclusion of our live radio show. And so no matter if you're with us on the radio or on a podcast uh, at your convenience, we're glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. High school football this week. Uh, we've, uh, we'll cover more of that on Friday. Uh, but obviously Charlestown, kind of the, the front runner early on. Uh, they play at Clarksville on Friday night. Uh, Floyd Central at Silver Creek. That's going to be an interesting game. I think maybe my game of the week for this week three of high school football. Uh, that game will be at Silver Creek at 7 o'clock on Friday evening. More high school football Friday. A lot of great guests scheduled for our Friday show. We'll talk with you then at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.